This podcast is on uterine sarcomas. We will cover uh, leiomyosarcoma, endometrial stromal sarcoma, and undifferentiated sarcoma. So ESS, this is a uterine muscle tumor. It used to be divided as low-grade and high-grade ESS. So prior studies, you'll see that differentiation. Um, modern classification now terms ESS really as low-grade ESS. And anything that would have been called high-grade ESS before is now called undifferentiated sarcoma. Um, Lyomyosarcoma, you can have an epithelioid-type variant or a myxoid-type variant. The most common one that we often talk about is the epithelioid um, spectrum. And using something called Stanford criteria, which was a landmark paper used to help pathologists um, consistently and correctly classify LMS, the criteria are atypia, greater than 10 per 10 mites per high-powered field, and coagulative necrosis. And if cases meet two out of the three criteria, that indicates a greater than 10% risk of metastatic spread. And so that's how LMS is traditionally diagnosed. ER and PR um, receptor positivity is very common, although it's controversial whether BSO is recommended in LMS. It is recommended typically in ESS. Um, as I mentioned, there's the epithelioid variant, which has atypia, but usually fewer mitotic, mitotic figures per 10 high-powered fields. And the myxoid LMS is not included in the Stanford scheme. There's also adenosarcoma. This is... Um, a sarcoma that has an epithelial uh, component that's benign and a stromal component that is malignant. The um, stromal component can have homologous sarcomatous elements or heterologous sarcomatous elements. Heterologous are elements um, that aren't native to the uterus itself. So chondrosarcoma, liposarcoma, sarcoma osteosarcoma, or rhabdosarcoma. Homologous would be adenosarcomas that have LMS, ESS, or undifferentiated sarcoma in the stromal malignancy. Um, poor prognosis for adenosarcoma would be the presence of stromal overgrowth. Sarcomas in general make up about 7% of GYN cancers. 60% are going to be stage 1 at, um, diagnosis, and the average age is around 60. Um, black women have an increased risk of LMS twofold, and there's also an increased risk of sarcoma with prior pelvic RT. Um, the women will typically present with pain, pressure, abnormal bleeding, or postmenopausal bleeding, GU symptoms. They'll have uh, potentially large uteri. Beware of an enlarging uterus. It's often a red herring. It's definitely emphasized in the literature review that enlarging uterus does not uh, necessarily mean that there is a sarcoma. Uh, the route of spread is intraabdominal, lymphatic, and heme, with lung being the most common. Often this is a diagnosis you're going to make after hysterectomy, but if you do suspect it before surgery, it can be helpful to get chest imaging because lung metastases are very common um, with sarcoma. There's some debate over CA125 or even LDH, but there's no real strong evidence to support um, checking either of these labs. 
It's also important to note that imaging isn't going to definitively diagnose a sarcoma, although diffusion-weighted MRI can be helpful. You would look for absence of calcifications, which you would normally see in a fibroid, irregular margins or even um, hemorrhage or necrosis within the fibroid, all to suggest abnormal features. Uh, less than 1% of myometrial masses are going to be sarcoma on hysterectomy. And depending on the study, the incidence is reported at 1 in 500 to 1 in 352 to 1 in 2,000 women. Uh, tamoxifen exposure can be associated with sarcoma with an absolute risk of 17 per 100,000. Uh, a working rule of thumb would be, you know, 2 to 3%. Endometrial stromal sarcoma is about 1% of all uterine cancers. Um, and within this category, there's epithelial stromal nodule, which is a benign finding. And then, as mentioned, there's low-grade and undifferentiated. And some, some, um, some sources will still call ESS low and high-grade, so we'll kind of break it down so we can understand um, some of the ways that ESS is classified. So low-grade ESS is just what it sounds like. It's low-grade with metastatic potential. On MRI, you can see worm-like projections, and it mimics endometrial stroma. So that's what it looks like under the microscope. Um, commonly, these will be ERPR positive, and then the other IHC markers are CD10 and SMA. Those are both positive. And about half of low-grade ESSs will have a fusion called JASF1, JJAS1. So you can do Archer at MSK or um, fusion, fusion gene detection through FISH to detect this uh, gene fusion. A higher-grade ESS, you would find more uh, high-grade atypia but have low-grade components to the ESS. So this is sort of the, the groupings that don't quite fit into the undifferentiated uterine sarcomas, and they don't fit into the low-grade sarcomas. Those are frequently ERPR negative. They also don't stain for CD10, so they're CD10 negative. They uh, do stain for B-core and cyclin D1. And their fusion is YWHAE B-core. Those are the most common fusions. So again, ERPR negative, CD10 negative, and their fusion is YWHAE, which is a poor prognosis fusion. Finally, there's the undifferentiated uterine sarcomas. They also have a lot of atypia, like the high-grade sarcomas, but they have nuclear pleomorphism, um, extensive invasion, high mitotic counts, uh, definitely very different from the low-grade or even the, quote, high-grade ESS. Their ERPR positivity is variable, um, but one uh, kind of tip is if CD10 and cyclin D1 are positive and ERPR is negative, then you have, an you have an undifferentiated uterine sarcoma. I would say the take-home, though, is the stains that you would use in addition to looking under the microscope for presence of atypia, pleomorphism, invasion, etc., is you would look at your fusion genes and you would look at ERPR and CD10 at a minimum. So for fusions, you can look on IHC, but this isn't a super reliable way to look. You can also use fluorescing probes or fish, and if you see those probes co-localize on the DNA, there's your fusion. And then more common, or more recently, 
um, RT-PCR um, using reverse transcriptase mRNA to cDNA to amplify and detect a target gene. No, but you need to know the sequence of both of the fusion partners because um, you need to make your primers. And then finally, next generation, next generation sequencing is also available. Um, staging is different compared to epithelial endometrial cancer. So staging for LMS, low-grade, high-grade, ESS, and undifferentiated uterine cancer sarcoma is staged through FIGO. And the way it's staged is 1A is less than 5 centimeters of tumor in the uterus. 1B is greater than 5 centimeters of tumor in the uterus. 2A is adnexa positive. 2B is pelvic tissue positive. 3A, one-site abdomen. 3B, more than one-site abdomen. 3C, node positive. 4A, bladder or rectum. 4B, distant metastasis, aka lung. Adenosarcoma, staged very similar to this, the difference, the only difference is in stage one, it looks like epithelial endometrial cancer, old school. So 1A is endometrial confined, 1B less than 50% myoinvasion, 1C greater than 50% myoinvasion. Otherwise, it's staged just like LMS, ESS, and undifferentiated. If you know your diagnosis before surgery, a CT of chest, abdomen, pelvis for any of these sarcomas is important. Otherwise, postoperatively, you would want to get completion imaging. The treatment for these is hysterectomy with or without BSO. And that is largely, I would say, ESS is the most common reason for BSO, debated on LMS, and um, also debated on adenosarcoma. Lymph nodes are very rare in sarcomas, and so generally lymph node dissection is reserved for enlarged or bulky disease seen on imaging or at time of surgery. If you do have extra uterine disease presenting, there are very few studies, mostly retrospective, that do show a longer overall survival when you can get someone to either complete gross resection or at least optimal resection, uh, and that this can modify overall survival. There's also studies that sort of they get at the answer through a different route and can show that overall survival is impaired with measurable disease after surgery. So really the threshold is CGR if you can get it. There was a meta-analysis in women with low-grade ESS that showed an increased risk of relapse when ovaries remained in situ, but no overall survival advantage. So if queried about um, BSO with ESS, um, it may um, improve risk of relapse, but not overall survival. And in general, I would, off, I would say offering ovary preservation only if the patient strongly desires it with low-grade ESS, or if the hist was already done, you can discuss with the patient the risk and benefits of BSO and consider going back. So in terms of adjuvant therapy with ESS, there's no consensus on whether to treat and what the duration of treatment should be. In general, stage one, you can observe, particularly with a BSO, versus um, hormone therapy. Um, typically would be Megase, 160 daily, up to five years. So observe versus hormone therapy. In stage two and up, BSO may be enough, even with um, extra uterine disease at presentation, particularly if completely resected. 
um, versus therapy with hormone therapy. Um, you can discuss RT, but it is very debatable. And general suggestions for following these patients would be every three months for the first two years because of their risk of recurrence, and then every six months thereafter. Um, in terms of those fusion genes, there's pretty limited data, but the YWHAE fusion tends to be the poorer prognosis and associated with grade 3 tumors, and the JASF1 has a better prognosis and is associated with grade 1 and 2. If your patient with ESS recurs, you need to be very careful in who you select for secondary cytoreductive surgery. You'd consider hormone therapy if they were treatment-naive, Megase, MPA, AI, but not tamoxifen. It's been shown to be um, not only not beneficial, but can be harmful. If they've had prior H uh, hormone therapy, then you basically would treat a little, a lot like LMS, so gemcitabine, docetaxel, or doxorubicin, or IFOS. A little more about adenosarcoma. Um, as mentioned, about 60% stage 1, overall 80% five-year survival. Considered a low malignant potential tumor except with sarcomatous overgrowth. And that is defined as more than 25% of neoplastic growth is sarcomatous. And that basically just increases a woman's risk of recurrence. Other poor prognosis signs in addition to sarcomatous over overgrowth is increased age at presentation, presence of invasion or LVSI. Um, they're typically ERPR positive, CD10 positive, WT1 positive, and at least a third of them have changes seen in the PIK3CA P10 AKT pathway. So at this point, has, that hasn't really impacted adjuvant therapy, but it may in the future. There's limited data, but it seems reasonable to keep the ovaries based on a SEER study. Um, and adjuvant therapy, it's a little unclear. In general, experts suggest treating akin to low-grade ESS. And I guess if you follow that logic, and if you're treating this like it's low-grade ESS, and this is an ERPR-positive tumor, um, it's reasonable in patients that desire oophorectomy or they're perimenopausal, um, to cons or they look like they have extra uterine disease, to consider oophorectomy, particularly with... Um, the concept that if they have advanced or metastatic disease, then you would offer hormone therapy. If cytoreduction surgery is reasonable, either upfront or in the recurrent setting, you could consider that. Um, if they're advanced metastatic with sarcomatous overgrowth, that's when you start to talk about cytotoxics. You treat it like an undifferentiated uterine sarcoma, so agents like doxel, trabectidin, doxorubicin, IFOS but there really isn't a consensus on what the preferred um, treatment regimen would be. And again, cytoreductive surgery would be reasonable if you think um, patient is fit for surgery and that resection is um, possible.